This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. This is Kelly and Ramia on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. We're live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on both networks. We're the network with the both channels. Ooh. Do I even work here? Anyways, on AMI daily, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. You can catch repeats of the show as well. Monday to Friday, we're every eight hours on AMI-audio currently. And on AMI-tv, 10 p.m. Eastern and 1 a.m. Eastern time for the repeats of the show. Kelly McDonald, over to you. We welcome in Fern Lullum from the UK for a bi-weekly check-in. What's on your mind? I'm Fern Lullum from the UK, and whether serious, silly, or somewhere in between, I've got you covered. Let's face it, the most effective therapy is a chat with your bestie. And the one thing with doing that, having a chat with your bestie, is because you're pretty guaranteed that bestie is your friend. And today, we're talking to our bestie from the UK all about the topic of friendship, Fern. We are indeed. You see, I think that friendship is a very underrated topic. We hear a lot, don't we, about romantic relationships, family relationships, but friendship is just left in the dust very often. And I think, I don't know about you, but in my experience, it can still throw up all kinds of issues and worries and anxiety. So I thought, let's just dive right into that today. Okay. Well, I'm kind of curious right off the top. Firstly, for you, what do you think are the key components of a healthy friendship? Ah, well, yeah, and this is something that is very different for everyone. So I would encourage everyone listening to kind of think about this for themselves, to think, what is a healthy, happy friendship that I want to be a part of? Because quite often we don't really define that in our own heads. But for me, I would say that a healthy relationship, a healthy friendship would be Uh, all about kind of like open communication. There would be mutual respect in there. There'd be trust on both sides. It would be a two-way thing, so reciprocal. Um, And I think there would just be a lot of understanding and support in there. I I think it's sort of striking that balance between having fun together and having a really good time together, but equally respecting each other's boundaries. And, you know, if somebody isn't comfortable with something, saying, okay, I get that too. Yeah, it sounds like the ideal checklist for a friendship, honestly. Thank you. It's so nice. I love it. <laughs> this is what I'm going to take around to find out if all my friends are true. Yes, but did. honestly, though, um, how can we tell? Because I think that there are lots of different ways that people become friends, lots of different reasons why we keep people in our lives or toss them. Um, and I'm wondering how people tell and how you think we can tell between someone who is a genuine friend or someone who is not necessarily a a true friend in your life. Yeah, you talk about keeping people around. I think there are so many of us that have friends that we have kept around for years Mm -hmm. who we're not really sure if they're actually a friend. You know, we kind of look at our friendship and the times that we've spent together and go, "Mm, I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. So there Mm -hmm. are a few simple ways to tell. Firstly, I would say just 
really pay attention to how do I feel after an interaction with this friend. If you are coming home in tears, if you are coming home feeling drained, if you're coming home feeling worse about yourself than before you went out the door, that's probably not a good sign. And really, you know, be honest with yourself about this, because like we say, there's so many, you know, we, we sort of say, oh, but I've been friends with them for years, you know, I've known them since school or whatever. That's not necessarily a reason to, you know, stay friends, stay in this relationship if it's making you feel bad. I also think if you're feeling excluded, I think this is very common in groups of friends, you know, if, if at some point people are doing stuff and they're not including you or you just feel like, you're you're somehow out of the loop you don't quite fit in that's another really good sign to think mm, is this is this the right sort of friendship for me or or am i kind of barking up the wrong tree here mm. a lot of time people say they feel like they're kind of not sure and they're guessing at hey this is or if something seems off we're quick to i wonder if i've done something well but because there's that closed off part to that friend that relationship it, it can be really hard so we talk a lot about communications and the other kinds of relationships that you, you, you mentioned earlier, as a matter of fact. So what role does communication play in maintaining strong friendships? Well, I think communication is so important for so many reasons, because as we've already kind of touched on, it's so easy to get things wrong in relationship, any kind of relationship, oh, right? We can I make guess. assumptions, we can think, oh, mm -hmm. what did they mean by this? And it's it's really easy to kind of get the wrong end of the stick. And so sometimes we do, just as hard as it is, we just need to have that conversation, need to grit our teeth and say, you know, let's be honest, let's talk about this. Um, I think another really important reason for communication, I think we all kind of experienced it during the pandemic, is connection you know like and it's so nice that there are so many ways that we can connect now whether that be online or texting or phone calls or whatever we need that communication to say to stay sort of bonded and connected with our friends that is really important and another thing is just to sort of figure out what we're both looking for from a friendship what are the expectations here because again it's it's so easy and I, I get this a lot I talk to a lot of people that sort of say oh well I'm just not getting what I want from my friendships and it's interesting because we very rarely have that conversation, do we, at the start of our friendship to say, what what are you actually looking for out of this? You know, what, what do you expect? What How often should we communicate? All that kind of stuff. And I know it's kind of a tricky question to ask, but if you need a reason or an excuse, then I would say, blame me. Sort of say, I was just listening to this radio show and this woman was talking about friendship. And I was just wondering, like, what do you think friendship is? And, and how, like, what do you expect from your friends? And just open up that conversation because it's mm -hmm. so such an important one but it's one that we never really have. Yeah, exactly. And you never know what the other person is feeling or going through, like the other person in the dynamic that you're uh, exploring, but also other relatable experiences that people might have, you know, in similar vein, right? Uh, and this is one of those relatable things. If you have a fallout with a friend, we want to talk about the strategies that we can, uh, you know, take part in or share with each other about resolving these disagreements or conflicts that you've had in the past. Because, I, I mean, I think it's a spectrum how people have fallouts with friends. Sometimes it's just like a natural fallout. Other times some huge rift takes on. Uh, sometimes it's with friends that you've made recently. Other times it's with, you know, his, strong history of friendship. What do you say about these? Yes, that is so true. Every conflict is unique. 
I guess I would go back to the open communication. I think that is so important to sit down with your friend. Like I say, we don't like to do it. It's very awkward, but really listen and take turns in speaking so you're not speaking over each other, but really try and hear them. Don't, don't just listen to kind of respond and say, you know, get your point in and try and be right and all of the, you know, all the stuff that takes over when we're in this awkward sort of argumentative situation. Really listen to what they're saying to you and take it on board and step into their shoes and say, okay, if just, just for fun, um, I was in my friend's position right now, what might I be saying? What might I be feeling about this situation right. to really uh, kind yes, of give you a yes. different perspective? And if you are somebody that really struggles with the actual having that conversation, I know how hard that can be. You know, we all know we should do it, but we find it very, very difficult. Write a letter, you know, write it down because that can help somebody to give them time to really process what you've said. It can give you time to think about what you want to say and word it in a nice way. But then also you can say to them, look, look, have a look at this, see what you think, and then let's have a chat about it because then it, it gives you a sort of a way in and then you can have a, a you know, an actual real time conversation about it. Sometimes that can just sort of help to ease you into it a bit more. Yeah. The hammer when you have something go down that just doesn't wash it, it creates the rift it, it, you know that's black and white it makes it easier to kind of like you know i'm done here with this or i've put up with a some of those straight more straightforward but unfortunately sometimes it, it is more difficult Co friendships can literally run their course so if it's really just not working should we ever end a friendship what are you trying to say, McDonald? It's like I said yesterday on the show, we do pay you, so there could be this bestie oh. thing where we have to reanalyze oh it, right? Oh, my goodness. Every two oh, weeks. Is there a real friendship if money's involved? Yeah, yeah that's right. Is that one? <laughs> yes. I, 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 in all seriousness, joking aside, I would say yes. Yes, we should. Because we have this, you know, lots of ideas, don't we, in society about, and we hear it all the time, you know, relationships come and go, but friendship is for life. Why? Mm -hmm. Why? You know, yeah. why do we put that burden on ourselves to say we must stay with this same group or, or this same person, this friend that we've had for years? It, it happens, we grow apart, you know, just as in romantic relationships, people are, you know, they're doing different things. We, we you know, we both sometimes just don't fit. We're just not mm. a good fit for each other. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us or something wrong with them. It just means that right now this isn't working. Let's call it quits. And you never know, sometimes they come back around again, but sometimes it's better to just let it go rather than keep, you know, dragging it on and, and potentially making it even worse. Yeah. And you know, the, the example that I think of, at least in my own life is, that people go through different stages, right? Like you go grow apart, exactly what you're saying about romantic relationships. People grow apart because they're going through a stage that you just can't fit in their life or vice versa anymore. And it's true that sometimes you find each other again. That's happened also with me. And um, it feels, you know, more organic and maybe you can rekindle and reconnect in ways that you did in the past. Or you have both grown together that it fits again, but it's not always the case. Yeah, no, that's true. And sometimes we just have to accept that. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's times there's only so much we can manage, right? Some oh, people, sure. you can't say, hey, you can manage 12 friends. Uh, you know, you can manage two friends. Mm -hmm. And somebody might say, no, man, I, I want to be able to apply the best I can to one good friend. Yep. And that's fair. Yes. Yeah, exactly. How about disability, Fern, uh, bringing up this angle? Um, how can it impact our friendships? 
Well, I think it can either have, you know, it can have really good um, implications or it can have some some harder ones. So I think the hard ones might be that there can be some misunderstandings or even some fear, like how do I address the, dis- you know, if, if the person that you're, you're friends with doesn't have a disability and you do, people might sort of think, oh, I'm not sure how to talk about it. They might be a little bit, you know, offish with you because of their own insecurities. You might find it's hard to express how you're feeling because that person doesn't always understand. Sometimes you might feel excluded because your friends are doing something that you can't necessarily join in with and you don't know whether to voice that you don't know whether to sort of say oh I can't do that can you know can we do something else because you don't want to be the nuisance you know of the group um but also it can like I say it can have some really nice um implications as well in the sense that you can be really connected I think I think it really when you talk about your disability and and you know some of the things that you struggle with it can open up this this kind of permission for vulnerability Mm, with your mm -hmm. friend that your friend can then say, actually, these are the things that I struggle. It might not have anything to do with disability, but it it just opens up that deeper connection between you. And also I think advocacy, it's really nice. I don't know if you've experienced this, but when somebody stands up for you and says, hang on a minute, this person, you know, this isn't right. You can't treat this person like that. How much of a good friend is that? That's just, you feel so connected. Yeah, that's right. You certainly do. Uh, How about as an adult, how can we make new friends? Well, yeah, I think online, it's so easy now to sort of go online and meet people and that can be really interesting and and helpful. I think also just do what you love and connect with people, you know, challenge yourself to just talk to maybe just one or two new people and see how that goes. Because I think when you're doing what you enjoy, you're in the right place, you're going to meet people who share your values and your interests, you know, you've kind of put yourself on the right foot to begin with. Amazing. Great. Well, what are the most important things as we sum it right up, Fern, to remember about friendships? I would say friendship is a two-way street. It's give and take. It's not always going to be perfect, but it it requires patience um, to build up a really meaningful connection. But when you have it, it's amazing and it's so worthwhile. And like you said, Kelly, it's about quality, not about quantity. Okay, friend. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it as usual. Excellent stuff. Thank you so much. I'm glad I'm still your friend. <laughs> well, as long as you're getting paid. That's what I was just going to say. As far as we know, I mean, the money still comes in. <laughs> that's our finance department. You never know. Um, Fern Lullum joins us every other Thursday opposite What in the World right here on Kelly and Romeo. There's a new memoir that's coming out on Tuesday, and it serves up life lessons from uh, people's childhood experiences, Chinese-American experiences from a Chinese restaurant. It sounds really intriguing. We're going to talk more about this and a couple other articles with Bill Shackleton next on The Buzz. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.